This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the MVSP. It is myself, Joe Nagy, along with my co-host, Brandon Worth. Brandon, it's a cold day out. I think it was like 10 degrees when I woke up and I was starting my car this morning. But it's nice and warm in the studio, and let's get started. Yeah, we've got lots of things to cover. Ferris State sports, basketball, and hockey in action over the weekend. We can catch you up on. But first, we have an exclusive interview with Ferris State men's basketball player Ben Davidson that we think you guys would love to hear. So without further ado, here's the interview. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the interview section of the show. Today we have a very special guest joining us, Ben Davidson, Ferris State basketball guard. Welcome to the show, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's an honor. Yeah, it's great to have a basketball face in here. Obviously, we talked to Isaac earlier in the year, and he was really excited about your guys' season, and so are we. Um, starting off, um, you guys, so far, not a, not a terrible start. I mean, I think you guys would have liked to have four wins on the season in conference play rather than two. But how, how has it been feeling so far with this COVID season, a new team, new new regulations, new practice? How's that been like? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, our first two games versus Aspen were supposed to be home. And then for COVID reasons, they got switched to away because – if Ashton were to come here, they would have to wear masks, and then we like mutually agreed to go there. So already from the start, we were supposed to have a home game, and we played at Ashton, and it, that's a tough place to play. They kind of have like a unique setting to their gym, and we we were happy to get the split there. And then we were supposed to go play at Parkside, and we did, and we got blown out the first game, and we made some changes to the starting lineup, and, and then, um, yeah, we got them pretty good the second game, and that was nice. So... Any road game in the GLIAC, every every team in the GLIAC is good. So you know we we obviously like to be you know better than two and two, but we'll take it. And especially with this year, kind of last year you were really used to playing kind of throughout the week, kind of a little bit sectioned out. But now you play at the end of the week, Friday, Saturday. Um, what's that kind of difference like now that you? I mean, you can't really have that game like experience consistently. It's more just kind of a spurt throughout the week. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. Of, you know, you you have one more practice throughout the week. You know, which is which is different and like you got to have a short memory especially if you, you have a bad game on friday you're playing the next day you know you mm -hmm. can't dwell on it you know you're and you're playing the same exact team so we played Ashland week one we might not play them again for the rest of the season unless we meet in the gliac tournament so you know it, it's just a whole different feel and you know we're just, we're just adjusting to it and there's you know there's some benefits to it you know we we tend to play more players than um other teams in the GLIAC to do so that kind of benefits us because we have more bodies yeah more rest yeah yeah and um I mean for you personally like we've noticed that you've had a little bit of uh, an uptake and role from last year more coming off the bench more last year now even getting a start this year especially in the, the first Parkside game how's that been like as far as like the team dynamic changing and now filling into a new role because I mean um Dorian Aluyu, we haven't really talked about. Um, I know that he's been banged up in the, in the injury room, and um, now having an opening in the starting lineup that you and like other guys like Jeremiah and um, some guys have been rotating in and now. What has that been like? The the constant change as far as adjustments throughout the weeks in the games. I mean, each each game there's different personnel, so coach feels like you know there's different starters who could you know rise to the challenge, and it 
it really doesn't matter. Like I've started some games this year and I've came off the bench and others. I, it really doesn't matter to me. I, I, I mean, last year I didn't play a whole lot. I got injured mid-season and then it kind of, you know, messed with my rotation time a little bit. But this year I just kind of had the mindset, like whatever minutes I get, just try to make the best of them. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's, we lost, you know, we lost Greg, Cole, and D'Lo last year. So three big players that, you know, played a lot of minutes for us and won a lot of rings for us. So it's, it's kind of like, we're trying to still kind of figure out who's going to fill those shoes and who's going to be a, you know, a natural leader. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of us fans, we know coach Bronkema is the really commanding personality, the loud personality that's on the court. What's it like kind of going to practice and also just see him kind of in the everyday life, just kind of behind the scenes that the fans might not see? Yeah, I mean, Coach Bronx is awesome. Like, I I remember when I was getting recruited by Ferris and I came to games and I'd watch him stomp his feet. I'd watch him scream at refs and I was like, this is awesome. He cares. Like, he wants to win. And, like, there is not one thing that a man won't do to win a basketball game. Like, he, he wants the upper edge at, at all costs. You know, he'll play a freshman. He doesn't care. Like, he... He, he loves to win, and, I mean, we all kind of, like, vibe off him. We all ride off his energy, and, you know, it's it's just so awesome to have a coach. And him, it, even our assistant coach, Coach Moan, like, he, he, he kind of feeds off Bronx, and he'll he'll talk to us separately, pull us aside, and just be like, you know, it's okay. Like, d don't take it too personal because, you know, Bronx cares so much. And even if he yells at you, you know it's just all I love. He's, he just knows what you're capable of, mm -hmm. so. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and you brought up um, your recruiting days when you obviously were looking at Ferris State. You um, all stay honoree in high school at St. Clair. Um, when was really the moment where you you were probably playing or you were in when you were in high school and you realized like, oh, I want to go to college to play basketball? Yeah, I probably realized that like eighth grade year, ninth grade year. I started. I used to love football more, but I kind of honestly, I just kind of got scared seeing all the injuries and stuff like that. So. I just tried to focus more on basketball and, you know, eighth grade, I was like, I just want to play college basketball. I don't care like where it's at. And then probably it was my sophomore year of high school. I started getting recruited by division two schools. And in my junior year, coach Brian, come on. He doesn't coach here anymore. Coach Lake. Uh, they were just, they just, they really wanted me. And I, I, I loved the campus. My brother went here and then I just loved the success of the program. And then my senior year of high school, they won a national championship. So I made, I know I made a no brain decision, you know, like it was an easy decision for sure. Yeah. Hard to turn down a ring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. pretty, that's a pretty yeah. cool thing. That's so cool. And I mean, St. Clair, we were talking a little bit uh, before the show is you can, it's a stone's throw away from the Canadian border. Uh, what's it, I mean, what's it like really when you came here for the first year, you're over 200 miles away from home. What was it kind of a adjusting to adult life and being on your own and not really maybe not having as much uh experience with your family that you might like to yeah it was i mean I, I think every college kid goes through this like you know just being an adult you gotta you know there's nobody telling you to do things anymore you you're you're eating at a cafeteria instead of homemade meals so i mean the basketball aspect was hugely different you know a lot more intense everybody's better or just as good as you you know like you can't have a bad day or your spot's gonna get taken in high school you can get away with things that you can't get away with anymore and st Clair's not it's not that big you know a class b school so like we hadn't had a kid play college basketball at st Clair in years you know so i was getting away with a lot of things that when i came here i had to change i had to work harder you know work my routine and classes got harder so you just kind of got to manage your time better obviously i mean those are kind of stereotypical things that all college 
kids have to do, not just athletes. But yeah, it, it was definitely a big culture shock. But probably like two, three months in, just really fell in love with the school, fell in love with basketball again, and just you know making great friendships with my teammates. So yeah, and um, looking at like the the team from obviously this year is a lot different than last year, which was a lot different than the year before. What's been what's something that like fans are noticing as we have some home games coming up that you guys are thankfully we get to see you finally play again at home. Um, when what is going to be the things that we're going to be more accustomed to seeing this year rather than last year what are some differences you've noticed so far um differences is like so there's no red shirts this year because everybody gets a COVID year so mm -hmm. like we have kids who might you know might have redshirted this year but they're playing because you know so there's going to be a lot of new faces out mm -hmm. on the court um and then I said like I talked about it earlier we lost three huge players like mm -hmm. two two starters and then Greg was the sixth man so like we lost three of our top six and so, like, you're just going to see people who you might not seen, and they're going to flourish in their roles. And I think we've already had that. I mean, obviously, we have Walt Kelser, who's the best scorer I've ever played with. And you, you guys saw that last year. So, and he's he's back at it this year. He's already got two upper 30 performances. So, I mean, you're just going to see more people just kind of flourish in their roles and see what they're really capable of and maybe even be surprised a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, going back to what you said about, you know, Cole and Greg and all those guys that left last year, you've kind of seen a couple of players kind of flourish and then they go on to better things outside of college. What were their effects on you really when um, you first came here and just even last year and this year? What do you kind of work to do to kind of use those influences that they've given you? Yeah, I mean, like especially Greg, because me and Greg played the same position. So I spent a lot of time with Craig. We both mm -hmm. played, you know, shooting guard and D'Lo a little bit too. Like they they know what they then they know what they're doing you know they each got three conference championship rings and a national championship ring so for me not to listen to them would just be absurd like so i just you know every day last year just taking taking information away from especially greg and delo just like it, it it was awesome you know watching them on the court watching how hard they play and watching you know them do the right thing yeah and um to kind of wrap up the interview we always ask the an athlete the 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 main question that i think i get asked so far often what is what is the best thing that you like being a bulldog so i mean the best thing that i like is winning you know i i love being part of like a winning culture where winning is everything and then um other than that is just like the relationships like other people that like you know live and breathe basketball who love it and just being with these guys every single day especially right now like you're not really supposed to be around, you know, that many people, six feet, all this stuff. So, like, we're with them every day. So, we definitely, like, we've definitely become closer due to COVID and stuff like that. So, I would just say, like, winning and the relationships for sure. That's so cool to see. And, I mean, just to kind of see how you guys have been able to play these past couple of years and also this year, this is going to be super awesome just to see how you guys turn out with this season. We wish you luck against Northern upcoming this weekend. Hopefully you guys can get the W. Thanks so much for coming on, Ben. Uh, we really like to have you on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Once again, thank you to Ben Davidson for taking time out of his Thursday to come chat with us. We really appreciated all that he had to say, and I hope you guys did too, as we have to talk about their win on Saturday as they beat Northern in the second half of the weekend doubleheader. Um, not necessarily the outcome we wanted in the first game, and I know uh, a lot of fans were just kind of a little baffled that Northern got us for the second time in the, the last calendar year, but... 
I mean, Northern's just one of those teams where they're just they're they just they're just sneaky. They were solid. I mean, especially last year, they had a little bit of a slow start, and then they kind of came in and then they were able to play really well. I mean, when they came before the tournament, we went to that game together, Brandon, and they played extremely well. I mean, mm-hmm. it was down to the wire. I think that was the Red Out game, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And then, I mean, we ended. I think we ended up only beating them by like two or three points. Then they were the team that we faced off in the first round of the GLIAC tourney. They ended up knocking us out, I think, by like five. It was, it was a couple points. Now we want to see, and I mean, we're staying with the pattern of losing the first one, turning around, and being able to kind of handily win the second second bout of of the weekend of uh, the weekend uh, pair of games over the past couple of weeks. And I mean, hopefully we don't do that against Lake Superior State coming up because that would kind of suck. But <laughs> I mean, when it comes down to it, Ben. I mean, Ben played pretty well against in this game. I think he had yeah, he uh, eight points. Um, Walt had 15, Dang had four. A pretty solid show about from uh, from the whole team, pretty even across the board. Uh, but like I said, if we can kind of get on this, uh, get on the hump of winning both games, winning and kind of sweeping the se- sweeping the sweeping the series of the weekends, then I think that's going to be really good come tournament time. But it's going to come down if we're able to do that or not. Yeah, I think the one thing that is a little concerning is once we get into um, tournament play. We're not going to have two games to beat somebody. Yeah, and it's, that, it's, that one, is, it's all or nothing. you yeah, you got to come almost, out swinging. We almost want to win the first game hypothetically because, I mean, you can't lose and then come back and win the next game in tournament because single elimination, don't like that. So, I mean, you got to be a, I mean, you got to be slightly concerned, but we're, we're not concerned about it. I know that I'm, I don't think that that's really going to be affecting us too much. I know that Bronx has done a great job of adjusting, and I think that... It's definitely something where it's like, yeah, we we haven't beaten these teams handily two games in a row, but you got to remember this is the GLIAC conference. It's one of the best conferences in Division Two, and there's so many good teams. And mm-hmm. I mean the first, the, I mean the first game at Northern. I mean there was just we we really just kind of we we struggled sometimes with with the gimmies. Like we we just struggled. It seemed like from inside the yard, just putting the ball in the basket. I mean, thirty-seven percent is it's. It's not terrible. Obviously, could have been worse. But I mean, when you have opportunities to to put the ball in the hole from short distance and you can't do so, it just makes things so much tougher. Because I mean, when you're trying to fight back and you're not getting the gimmies to go, it's it's really just a tough task. And I mean, we we did, we overall played pretty well. I mean, we were. I mean, if you look at the stat sheet from without watching the game, I mean, it's really pretty even as far as like pretty even like 37 to 32 rebounds nine to eight turnovers there really wasn't that much like of a change i mean northern got out to a little bit of a hot start and basically that's what held the rest of the way and they ended up winning by eight in the first matchup but the second matchup was definitely a lot better i mean it started off pretty pretty similar it was a pretty even first half and then i don't know what happened in the locker room at halftime but boy did our our boys come to play in the second half i mean outscored 40 to 19 they turned it up and took care of business i know bronx was happy about that and we sure are that i mean as much as we want to sweep it's definitely good to leave off the series on that high note playing a really good half of basketball mm-hmm. and i mean it's it's really good to see and it was definitely. pretty yeah it was pretty even scoring across the board too um mason Pline had six ben had eight in the second game uh wall only had nine and that's the funny thing is you say wall only has nine and this was all in the second half these and that's what's crazy is you're like oh that's not too bad oh it's not too bad yeah that was in the half like we scored 40 in the half we were playing extremely well and we were forcing turnovers and i mean northern just basically 
it just seemed like they kind of, I don't want to say like ran out of gas, but they just weren't hot anymore. I mean, they shot two of 16 from three. It just seemed like the the all the, the, the layover of how well they played in the first game just kind of, you knew that some of that, that worst play was going to come in the second mm-hmm. game. And it was good that our boys took care of it. Yeah, I mean, 12 games left in the season. I mean, I would, I don't want to say plenty of time because you definitely want to make the changes fast and get on much of a hot streak as you can. But uh, Lakes Pierce State, Michigan Tech coming up as well. Grand Valley State going to come up kind of later in the season as well. So big games that we do have to win, big games that we kind of have to get prepared for. No doubt that Bronx is going to get them ready. No doubt that Ben's going to be ready to kind of take a leadership role in the team. And I know that the guys are ready just to play ball, and we'll see what happens. But nonetheless, very excited. Women's, on the other hand, had the same uh, outcomes for the games as the men's did. Uh, lost the first bout, but came back and won uh, won pretty well in the second game. Uh, it was good to see, Brandon. I'm noticing a pattern. Yeah. I, what, is, what is this pattern? It's kind of weird. It's like... I can like you. You look on Twitter like, and you're like, "Oh no, the girls lost. That's unfortunate." But it's like in the backyard, you're like, "Oh, then that means they're gonna have to win the second game because that's been the, what the narrative's been all year long, and that's what they did last week against Parkside." So it's it's really funny to see how this pattern is kind of just it's going with all with both the men's and the women's side, not just one team. It's just really weird. But I mean, and nonetheless, here's here's the bottom line. You you take the split rather than get swept. That's that's the bottom line. You got one of the games, and that's definitely better than losing both. And Northern's mm-hmm. a pretty pretty solid team, and I mean, they 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 shot the lights out in the first game. They were forty eight percent from three, twelve of twenty five to be exact, eighty one percent from the line. They took care of business shooting the basketball, and that's really what kind of separated. Um, us and them in this game. I mean, they even had more turnovers. Like we did a pretty good job of taking care of the ball, but I mean. I think the the biggest thing that we've really been missing from last year to this year is just just a big physical presence in the paint, and Riley was really that person that really mm-hmm. really has did a, such a great job. And I think we take it a little bit for granted how great she was. And I mean, when you get you, you get out rebounded thirty seven and nineteen, that just shows gonna, you right. Yeah, it's going to be tough to even really make a difference on both sides of the ball yeah i mean they they scrapped they got boards they got second chances and that's that's really what helped them into this game and i mean the second the second game much much better we played a lot more efficiently uh we played much better defensively forced 22 turnovers yes you heard that right 22 turnovers great job by the coaching staff making the adjustments and that defensive performance was fantastic because then again they they shot better than us but our defense was amped up and we, we ended up taking this one, especially um, they had a surge late in the fourth quarter, and we held them off just enough to w- end up winning 66-64. to 64. But definitely, definitely a good thing to see that we, once again, it's like I literally don't want to keep saying because it, it's so repetitive, but it's just like this is the bottom line. You take a split rather than getting swept. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Uh- if you're competitive and you want to get the win, then that's that's better than nothing, really. But on the northern side, that's one name we've definitely got to watch out for come tournament time and later season, and even probably if they make it into the national tournament. McKaylee Kuhn has been playing extremely solid. 31 points in the first game. I think it was like 16 in the second game. She was a very big force uh, down low, and you can definitely tell that she was really proving to be a, a problem uh, for our Ferris girls. But nonetheless... Like you said, rather take the split than get swept. We played pretty well, 66-64 in the second game. Got Both men and women have Lake Superior State come Tuesday. Uh, in the interview, Ben said they're the travel partner. So we'll only, I think, see them once now and then once later in the year. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of probably going to be the only 
kind of normal scheduling uh, than normal other than this kind of weird weekend bouts that we've been seeing so far. But Ferris State Hockey, though, they played Minnesota State over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Ended up losing both games, first game 4-0, second game 4-1. Not the greatest that we want to see, but nonetheless, Minnesota State is one of the better teams in the, in the WCHA. And, I mean, what, what more can you ask for, especially for on the road? Yeah, I mean... I believe they're number two ranked right now in in the entire the entire league, and that just shows you how great they are. And they've always had a good program. I mean, they've won art. They've already won eight games, and if that like that's just or I'm nine now. Actually, they're nine one and one, and that they're they're just such a good hockey team. And I know a lot of people were talking about this game like, oh boy, this is gonna be. We're gonna we're gonna really see how how gritty we are and how good we can we can play compared to these guys because these guys are really, I think Bob, our coach Daniel said it the best is like this is a team that you can, you can compare to and show how great you are because they're just such a solid program they do such a great job that when you when you're gonna come in and play against Minnesota State you know you're gonna have a tough task at hand and it was it wasn't like obviously yeah we we, we would have wanted it to be a little closer but. I mean, we just they just they just kept pounding and pounding at us. I mean, 36 shots on net. You're it's really going to be a rarity to see 36 shots and none of them in the back of the net. And both times they ended up having four of them. And we just couldn't we couldn't answer with the same offense. It seemed like we had we just had a, a lot of times where we were playing catch up and just trying just trying to hang tough as long as we could. I mean, they had they had the puck in our eyes for a while. And they just they they just grinded us down, and that was just really hard to see. And I mean, when you get like you're like you look at the stat sheet, I mean they had a combined in the two games combined, they outshot us seventy to twenty six. Yeah, that's tough. That's, that's really not tough. great. That's really tough. That's it's in a situation where like if you don't. Because, like, goalies, if you don't give them a lot of, like, if you don't keep pounding them, if you don't keep pounding them with shots, they're not going to be able to make those mistakes that you can that you can really kind of take advantage of. And especially when you have Logan Stein and Roni Salmon-Kangas sharing, I think it's like, like you said, 70-some shots between the two of them. You definitely know that every once in a while they're going to get a little bit tired. They might have a little bit of a lapse in judgment. And you can't really blame them too much because facing that constant barrage of shots is not an easy task. And... I mean, when you play a good team like Minnesota State, it's bound to happen. But if you don't really meet that offensive intensity, I don't think you can really think of you. You really can't do much if you don't try to match them where they can really make it hurt for you. So, obviously, uh, not the outcome that we want, especially not the outcome we want for the season. Northern Michigan coming up this weekend, Friday and Saturday. It's going to be home. No, excuse me. It's going to be at Northern Michigan in Marquette. And then we're going to have a homestand after of about four games. Michigan Tech and Bemidji State are going to be in Big Rapids. So hopefully that can be some uh, some saving grace for us for the season, especially since maybe the boys will get comfortable at the home ice at Wink. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think... Or not Wink, Awe Glavin, excuse me. Yes. Um. Yeah, good fix. Uh, it, we, we just need something to pick me up. And I think that's what all the fans want and all the coaches want because it's it's just really hard. It's just hard to go through what like this team's gone through. I mean, it's been count like earlier in the weeks. We didn't even have a full roster because there was some guys out on COVID for contact 
contract or contact tracing. Well, I don't know how that was so hard to say. Con- <laughs> contact tracing and all these other things, injuries. Like we hadn't had a full roster until I believe it was last week. And that's just something hard when you got you're you, you're practicing with guys all week, two weeks at a time, and then one of them goes out. You got to replace. You got to mm. fix the lines because you want to have the right fits in each line. And because like chemistry is important, like especially when you're throwing three five lines out there, like everybody's got to be on the same page because you're not going to try to mix in all during the game. I mean, obviously you have situational stuff, but that's mm-hmm. there, it's a lot. There's a lot of things that go into being able to have your unit being just as efficient as the last unit and being able to step up and take control, especially with some of these guys now that are putting getting put into these spots because other guys are out for various reasons that they have to step up. And I mean, our team is so young that that is a tough that is a really tough task because I mean, well, I think um, Coach Daniel said that we have so we have so many young guys on, especially like the the, the later lines and on the defensive side that like they're 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 still learning. I mean, there's only one junior. On, as a defenseman right now, like all the rest of them are underclassmen. That just shows you how young we are, and we've got some. We've got a lot of. We got a lot of good talent. We've got a lot of good guys that are in their their younger stages that are going to play really well. I mean, Jake Willits has been great, and there's a defenseman in the back. I mean, um, and then we have other veteran guys in the back. Captain Liam McDougal, who's been really a key part of our success, and then goal scoring machine this year um ethan stewart has also been very good so there's a lot of promising pieces and i think it's just it's really hard we we're not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel yet and it's really it's really hard to look up when you can't see the light but you just got to look at the positives there's a lot of good pieces here this is a young team we understand it's going to be tough but we're going to hang in there for our dogs because one day we're going to be back on top again it's going to be so glorious yeah, I mean, like you said, it's so tough being an athlete, and just in anything, to really just be working and not really see the the benefit of the of the outcome and the benefit of your work yet. But to see how we have a young team who's able to do pretty well, and we're kind of we're finding our stride. I feel like, although our record doesn't show, we're finding our stride. We're like we said, we're in probably a real, we're in one of the toughest conferences of the Midwest and in, in the United States. And I mean, we're playing against teams that are, are very solid. Northern and Michigan tech have really been kind of on the upside of their, of their, uh, of their hockey program and you know we're in a little bit of a downside but nonetheless i think we're going to really be able to come out of it better than ever like you said young team in the next couple years probably three or four a little bit of a hand we're probably going to be solid we're going to come out of this i think better than ever we're going to come out of this solid and we're going to come out of this with with a with a depth of a team that's going to be able to rival probably anybody in the country and you can you can put that on paper that i said that all right rome wasn't building one day <laughs> Yes, I got to say it again. <laughs> anyway, that's going to be the show for today, guys. Thank you always for listening on whatever platform you are, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Breaker, whatever. We appreciate it. Yeah, you. we got like nine platforms yeah, out huh? Nine platforms. Like, that's a lot of platforms. If that's think, a lot of platforms. Like, that's one more than eight platforms. Four more than five. Really? If you think about it. I would have never Could even thought. be seven more than never two. Never thought. Yeah. We should probably end the show. Yeah, probably. All right. Good show, Joe. And we will see you guys next time. Take care, everybody.